What's going on and welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Jim Eikenhofer of Pelicans.com. We continue our player recaps this afternoon with Trey Murphy, of course, one of the three rookies on the Pelicans roster that did such a great job. We've already discussed Jose Alvarado, which was yesterday, Herb Jones last week, and we'll get to Herb Jones here in just a second uh, as Trey Murphy being the guy we will cover in today's show but let's talk speaking of herb jones jim a big honor for him last night it was announced uh he was named to the second team all rookie team um for the nba uh a much deserved honor um i think some people maybe thought he could go be a part of the first team but i think the way he played being a 35th overall pick second second team is not too bad yeah i mean i'm i'm totally fine with him being on the second team i i know there were some discussion about maybe there was a guy or two on the first team that you could have displaced, but we all know realistically that that vote isn't really based a ton on, and neither is rookie of the year based a ton on what you do at both ends of the floor. A lot of times it's determined by stats in particular points. So he's at a disadvantage compared to some of the other players who were drafted in the lottery, who came to teams that said, we need you to be a huge focal point of our offense, which obviously was not the case for Herb, but as we saw throughout, as the season progressed, he got better and better offensively, and he showed that he was more than just a defensive-minded guy who was going to be a non-factor at the offensive end. Um, I think everyone is justifiably very optimistic about how much he improved this season and how much he can continue and improve on the offensive end. I know you went on a little bit of a rant yesterday. I would like to go on one today, if you don't mind. Excellent. Love to hear it. When you talk about voters only look for points and not necessarily both ends of the floor. What is the credential for you to be a voter for all rookie team, first team, second team? You have to cover the NBA, correct? You're a writer. I would think so. That yes. covers the I NBA. I think that that would be important. So you have to watch probably a bunch of basketball during the season. Hopefully. Which yes. means you should be watching what Herb Jones has done on both sides of the floor. Correct. Ideally. Yes. So when you have nine people on that, crew or i guess on the uh on the writer nine writers that don't even have him on a first team or second team what are you doing <laughs> should their credentials be revoked and i'm not just saying that as a bias <laughs> for being a pelicans fan but how did you not watch herb jones this season and not think he's one of the top 10 rookies in the nba i have no idea how to answer that last question that you just posed um, because like I said, I think it was more, you could make more of a case for way more of a case that he should have been on the first team than not, right. on not being the on the second team and not being among the top 10 rookies in the league. I don't know. Maybe the league, maybe the NBA should have like a revisiting the balloting. Maybe they should have, maybe they should like, we should be able to, um, red flag certain votes and say, and this, whoever voted this way has to come in and they have to kind of defend their case and justify why they can continue to be part of the all rookie team voting next season. Uh, those are just a couple ideas off the top of my head. Where's the transparency? Aren't there, we could see who voted for who, or is that in certain awards? See, I don't remember. I was asking that this morning, actually. I don't remember if they publicly unveil all of the balloting for every award or if it's only the most prominent ones. Obviously I know MVP is public and there's a few other ones that are, are very public, but um, I'm not sure if all rookie team is or not. Should we petition to have that? We we want. I want to see names, names I, and affiliations. I do too, and I want to criticize them harshly unless they're a friend of the Pelicans podcast and have been on the show multiple times. In that case, maybe we will. I will couch some of my criticism, and we'll, we'll at least 
call them or, or text we'll get them, them on. on. Right. We'll call them and, and text them and, and let them give their side of the story. Maybe they like were in a hurry that day and which is also, which also would be negligent, but maybe, yeah. maybe they were in a hurry that day and they just somehow forgot nine people somehow forgot to put Herb at least on their second team. Uh, but I don't know. We definitely need to look into this. Yeah. And, and, and if they were a guest on the Pelicans podcast, you would think we talked about Herb at least at some point during one of the discussions with them. So they should know all about Herbert Jones. So you would think, or, or in, in Trey Murphy's case, Heimert, straitjacket Jones, as Trey Murphy called him on Twitter. And either we, it's an inside joke about Heimert, which it could be if I'm even pronouncing it right, mm-hmm. or uh, autocorrect got the best of, of Trey, which could gets be. me thinking, what are you typing Heimert so much for that it <laughs> autocorrects from that to Herbert? But yeah, um, speaking of Trey Murphy, I mean, Trey, for the last two months of the year, you want to talk about the camaraderie around the team. We talked about this with Jose Alvarado. The fact that Trey was so adamant about getting Herb Jones on first team all rookie. Um, and he was talking about it for quite some time. And I think he was pr- quite pleased with him making a team. But uh, he, I think he was a little disappointed that he didn't make the first team. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, going back during the season, a couple months or maybe even early part of the season, Trey was also firing up the bandwagon for Herb to be all defense. I think he put that even in his Twitter bio yeah. for a while. I'm not sure if it's, it might even still be there where it said Herb Jones, first team, all defense. So yeah, like you said, he was very supportive of Herb and it was great to see um, the, the love that the, the, all of the rookies had for each other. I want to say quickly too, if there was an all rookie second half t- first and second team, maybe you would have seen Trey Murphy and definitely Jose Alvarado would have been able to ma- possibly make that just based on the impact that those guys made. Well, let's deep, let's dive deeper into that because um, the way to describe Trey Murphy's season full of ups and downs, but you're talking about a guy that out of all the three rookies, we don't need to compare them all but he was the first one drafted. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the expectations for him were a little higher, especially after what we saw in summer league, he was just knocking down trays pun intended today Mm -hmm. as uh, I'll get the best of you today. Pun count. count, Yes, absolutely. Um, But it was not all, not all uh, seashells and rainbows for Trey Murphy. And so one that does catch my eye as far as him being so supportive of other rookies that were drafted behind him. Others could, there could be a little bit of a jealousy factor and and there, that definitely wasn't the case with Trey. But kind of talk about the ups and downs that he went through to end up uh, being a, a valuable contributor to this ball club. Yeah, I think not only was he great in summer league, which everyone always says, ah, summer league, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But he was very good in preseason as well. He shot the lights out. So when at that point, I thought he was going to hit the ground running in the regular season. But obviously, as we've seen with rookies of all backgrounds and all draft statuses and all number of years of experience, um, you can't guarantee or count on that they're going to immediately be able to adjust to the NBA and the competition level. Um, I think for Trey, it was maybe a confidence thing, partly where he started off the regular season and he wasn't shooting well. That's his forte. That's what he does the best. And and then it's kind of a what follows what situation where it's like, you know, he wasn't shooting well. He wasn't contributing well. So his minutes get reduced. And as he plays less, it's harder and harder to make an impact and that it kind of, um, you know, folds on it in on itself. Um, but luckily, fortunately, I mean, I think what we saw in the last couple months of the season was 
more of what we saw in the summer and the off season of last year. And like I said, the exhibition slate where the guy is just a lethal three point shooter. He's up over 40% from three. Um, he was, I forget what it, he was among the league, maybe top 20 in the league in three point percentage after the all-star break um, and did it at a pretty high volume as well, or relatively speaking. Um, so it was, you know, like you said, there was definitely some peaks and valleys, but man, by the end of the regular season and then into the postseason, he had a huge basket and some huge hoops against um, the Clippers in that play-in game. In my mind, one of the biggest shots of the season where he made a three that kind of bounced around the rim and went in and gave them a multi-possession lead. So to go from earlier in the season where he, he had gotten to the point where he was getting DMPs and he had a G League assignment to the way he ended up was was just awesome to see. And another example of just the story of the team overall where things started off kind of rough and poorly and then but everybody stuck with it and eventually the results started coming. Especially for a guy like Trey that can contribute on the defensive end and I know a shooter like him, it can be tough when you go through slumps, especially mm-hmm. with shooting, when you're when that's when your bread and butter is. Um and so the fact that you mentioned him being one of the best three point shooters post All Star break and he ended up being, I believe, the leading three point percentage or lead the all rookies in three-point percentage mm-hmm. at 38.2%. That just shows you that the confidence level never wavered. And and that can be tough with a guy that shoots so well that you could think and be hesitant about, well, maybe I shouldn't shoot anymore. But there was tons of times where he was still firing up shots, and that's exactly what Willie Green wanted him to do. Yes, and I think I don't want to put any pressure on him, and I don't think sometimes you can measure stuff purely in numbers, but I think – the way, if you think about it, the way that he started out the regular season where his numbers were, his three-point percentage was low 30s. The From where he had to come from after the first few months of the season, for him to end up at 38% and, like you said, lead all rookies, I'm optimistic that he can bump that up even more next season because he's going to start next year with the track record of saying, like, over the last 20, 30 games of my rookie year, I became a knockdown shooter and a guy that everyone – thought when the ball came to me that it was going to go in. So I'm really looking forward to him taking another step next year. And I think all of the stuff that he went through as a rookie is going to benefit him a ton, as we see with many players when they go into their second year. Let's go to Twitter as Jim poses a poll question for each player. You can follow him on Twitter at Jim underscore Eichenhofer. Jim, go over the the Twitter question, and then uh, we'll each kind of respond to it and some of the fans. Sure. The question was, after you saw – Trey Murphy make major improvements in the second half of the season and cement a role in the rotation. What aspects of his game make you the most excited about his future and his upside? Um, A lot of these responses were based on, I think people saw that he can shoot threes, but they understand that he has other elements of his game that he's going to add that show that he's a versatile player that can contribute in other ways. So I'll start with at Mr. Hudat or let me say this again, at Mr. Who Dadder. That was a tough one. His response was um, attacking and finishing at the rim. This will open up more three-point shot chances for Trey and for him to not be labeled as just a shooter. Yeah, he did some of that. I mean, he he was able to do some of that, so I would agree with that. Yeah, I think um, in the second half of the season, we saw more of his athleticism come come into play where he was – he had a couple, I want to say, follow-up dunks or times where he had two-handed – he had drives and he threw it down with two hands and people were like, wow, this is, this guy's athletic. So, um, 
I think another part of his game that's going to show progress where he knows that he can do stuff, more things off the dribble and isn't going to, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be just a spot up shooter. Um, the game against Charlotte where he had 32 points, I think was a good example. He did make a bunch of threes in that game, but he also did a lot of stuff where he was attacking the basket. So, um, from at cool people, K U L. People. Is that our burner account combined? It, it cool might. people. It, it 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 should be. Yeah. It isn't, but it should be. Um, the response the response from from this person was, would like to see him improve his strength overall, and improve as a dribble driver. Also want him to get better shooting on the move, screens, pin downs, and in transition. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that that sounds like actually kind of sounds like a coach when you start yeah. hearing the. The pin the, downs, uh, the pin downs, and the screens, and the transition. So, um, but yeah, it, it sounds like a lot, but I, I think it can be kind of condensed down to um, just the strength will get there, right? Strength always gets there, and you also have to find the balance of strength and keeping some of that speed. You don't want to get too. I mean, that's my problem is I want to keep some of my speed, so I don't really lift a lot. <laughs> so I definitely yeah, know Trey's feeling there. That's true, man. You don't want to get too bulky. Yeah, I mean, that's why I only go to the gym once a year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and um, I think we've seen with a lot of players, too, as this person tweeted about the versatility of the shooting game, that it's not just about spot-up shooting. Um, The pull-up shooting game is important. The ability to come around screens, it's not only just you're you're standing in the corner, you're waiting for the play to develop, the ball comes to you. There's a lot of other situations where if you can develop those parts of your game, you'll become even more dangerous and even more of a shooting threat. I do think that Trey has some of the stuff that was described here, but maybe didn't get as much of a chance to display some of that stuff. So um, we haven't really heard much about summer league plans and that kind of thing, but maybe he'll get a chance to play there or maybe throughout the offseason that'll be something that he explores that he tries to be able to display more next season. My big thing is rebounding. I think with him, you saw the spurts of rebounding, and I think it was one of those things that his shot wasn't falling that night or on certain nights. And he'd go after the basketball. And that's where you, you talked about some of the putback dunks and, and some of his putback lanes or even just keeping possessions alive. Trey's yeah. a pretty good rebounder. Mm-hmm. And so I think if that can be part of his game too, where you add that aspect of it, I think it just makes him a little bit more well-rounded. And I think he was already halfway there with, with how well he was able to rebound down the stretch. And you set me perfectly up for the last tweet from the collection. This is from CJ CG Cell. Um, he, he talks about how... Trey Murphy, you know, three-point shooting is the best thing that he can do. Um, But he also added, if he can become an effort rebounder and defender, then this makes Trey a key part of a contender. I didn't see these tweets before, so that's just us being on the same page with the people, Jim. We are cool people. (laughs) Maybe we should turn this into the Cool People podcast presented by SeatGeek. There you go. We'll take take, uh, options for names here if you want to submit them to Jim Eichenhofer. At Jim underscore Eichenhofer. But that will do it for Trey Murphy. Again, another guy to get excited for next season. A lot of these guys are, including uh, who we'll talk about next. Larry Nance Jr. to wrap up the week. And then three more next week. Devontae Graham, Najee Marshall, and Billy Hernan Gomez. So four more to go. I appreciate everyone tuning in. And until tomorrow for Jim, I'm Daniel. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast or the Cool People podcast presented by SeatGeek.